0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to RCC. My name is Danny.
1: And my name's Natasha. We are so glad that you are here this morning. We have a couple of announcements for you before we get started.
0: Oh, yeah. As always, if you're new here, man, I love these new things. I was actually just at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and like the menu was like just right in the middle of the table with these QR codes. If you're new here, checking us out for the first time. In the seat in front of you, there's a card, really like thick paper, it's pretty sweet. It's got these weird black and white squares on them. That's called a QR code if you didn't know. Grab out your phone, pull up the camera, and a little thing will pop up. That's a great way to fill out a red card and do all types of other things. You're like yeah. you like made those what yeah. else can you do on them
1: you can uh fill out a red card like you said if you want to get connected here you can check out our social media you can check out the uh, online program so you can see follow along with the verses you can look at YouTube podcast I mean there's a all lot the of things, things on that little on that little square
0: all the things that's a famous line that pastor Sam always says all the things do all the things on the QR code so yeah you ever ask him like man what do you got going on today and he's like all the things, Danny, all the things. No. Anyways, speaking of Pastor Sam, we are so excited for today. What's happening today, Tasha?
1: Pastor Sam is officially becoming our lead pastor here at RCC, and we're excited to celebrate that. He is a phenomenal boss, friend, and leader, and we just cannot wait for the future. Yeah. And what's to come.
0: Yeah. Speaking of future, if you are interested in all things about the future of RCC. Today is the uh, all-church business meeting happening right after the second service, and a ton of stuff happens Mm -hmm. at that uh, meeting, but it's a super great meeting for you to show up to if you're interested in anything about the future of RCC. We go over the budget, we go over what's happening in all the different ministries, and today we get to swear in Sam officially as our lead pastor.
1: Coming up next week though, we've been talking about this real relationship series. Yeah. And we're not calling it that.
0: Yeah. We kind of decided it was cheesy.
1: Yeah, we're calling it relationships under pressure. Because if anything-like
0: on your shoulders? I'm yeah. feeling pressure.
1: If anything has been under pressure these last couple of years, has been, if we're honest our relationships and we're talking about it and we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Starting next weekend. So be here.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to it.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday. You all thought you were done with me, right? So already, good grief, I'm about not to be lead pastor. It's only been, what, the seat's not even cold yet. And you guys are coming up with the weirdo church stuff already. I don't know if you saw the the information, the announcement video. Danny said, we're going to swear in Pastor Sam today. (laughs) been a pastor 20 years, seminary and everything. I don't know what the heck that means. Like, (laughs) Sam, you bleepity bleep, come on up here, man. We're going to swear your butt in today. Please, okay? I know I'm not lead pastor, but don't turn this place into some weirdo church place, okay? That's on all of you. Keep your eye on this stuff. Good grief. Today is a special day. Sam is going to become lead pastor today later at the business meeting. And I have like a 30 second video to show you just how long Sam's already been here. You all come on up here, please. I can swear you in. So these are not for me. (laughs) But this is for you, my friend. This is the baton of leadership at RCC which I passed to you today, um, what we've said for months is for 12 years now, Sam has run along beside me, supporting me, helping me, leading in so many ways already at church over the years, just more and more and more. And he's run along beside me, and today is the day that he officially takes the baton, and, and I vowed to him and I vowed to you guys that I'll run along beside him as long as he wants me to, to help him in the same way that he's helped me. So today becomes your day where the baton is yours, and this is yours to keep. You can keep it on your shelf. Remember all the massive responsibility <laughs> you know, every time you look at it. Come on, come, on, come closer, Meg. But I, I want to say this. I, I mentioned this uh, last week. We had a little a lunch uh, for, for my last sermon afterwards, and I said at the lunch, I just spoke for a moment, and I said how proud I am of Sam and how excited I am that, that Sam and Meg um, are, are, are taking over this role. I've known Sam 12 years. We've worked together daily for 12 years. There's never been a time where I've questioned his integrity, his honesty, um, his faithfulness. And for me, this this church is kind of like my baby. I was the first one here, kind of birthed it, led it for 20 years. It's like my child. And to be able to hand my child over to someone I respect so much is an amazing God blessing to me. And I hope you recognize it's a God blessing to you as well. You have an amazing person here, uh, just a, a humble man, an awesome man. You couldn't have a better lead pastor than Sam. Now, I've made a lot of mistakes over 20 years, and I'm sure Sam might make a few. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure Sam might make a few too. <laughs> Thanks, <for that>. Thanks. <laughs> Stand by him. Stand by him. Support him. He's a man of integrity. You are so blessed to have him as your lead pastor. Uh, I I just, I I couldn't be happier. As the one handing over the baton, I couldn't be happier that it's Sam. If you don't know him very well, set up a coffee, get to know him better. The, the, The better you know him, the more you'll respect him, and the more excited you'll be to be part of this church family going forward. So now, as I finish, I just want to say a prayer for them. And, and I'd like all of you to pray with me. And I'd like, for, it's a little different, I've never done this before, but if we could stand up, please. And, and we stand right now before God, because Larry said that, that God basically is the pastor of this church, is, is what your words basically were. And that's true, God has always been the leader of this church. And, and for a long time, I've been responsible to listen to God and do my best. But so have all of you, and so has Sam. So nothing is really changing. God is still the lead pastor here, and, and Sam is his right-hand man. So let's, let's pray to God for our church and for Sam and for Meg. Dear Lord, thank you for blessing this church so abundantly for 20 years, and thank you for continuing to bless. God, we recognize that you are the leader here. We continue to vow to follow whatever your call may be. Please help us, God, to be faithful and to be courageous as we chase after you. God, Support them, love them, and Lord, bless this church family. This is an amazing group of people, God, and help them to feel your love, not just on Sunday, but every day during the week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
3: Welcome to Rippin Community Church. My name's Sam. <laughs> if you're watching online, we're so glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, like Mike said, 12 years, 14 actually, if you count the internships, the two summers before. And I have to say uh, that Mike has been the steadiest guiding and leading force. In my life, one of the steadiest, most guiding and leading forces in my life over all of those years. Uh, I am immensely grateful for his leadership. Uh, I'm immensely honored by the honor the, honored by the confidence that he's placed in me, it has been the honor of a lifetime to serve alongside him under his leadership. and now to, to serve all of you. So now we start a new chapter. And I'm aware that as we do as we start this new chapter We're standing on the shoulders of so many people In the ways that people have followed God and done their best to honor him with how they live and lead My wife Meg and I and, and our three boys We've grown up here as part of this church. This is our home. These are our people you guys are us This is this is where we grew up and where we were are so grateful that we get to continue to grow for so many more years And I'm honored that you've trusted me to lead this next chapter. And and I promise you this, I'll do my absolute best, making plenty of mistakes, like Mike said, to do it exactly how God would want us to do it, to follow him to the fullest extent of my ability, to make sure that he is always the one that is leading us here at this church. So let's get to it. This is the, the state of the church Today, we talk about. All right, ready? We're ready to get to it? Sorry. Somebody's got the phone ringing. All right. But let's get to it, right? This is the state of the church. Uh, Today, we talk about where RCC stands. We talk about uh, how healthy the church is. How are we as far as the church? Are we healthy? Where is God leading us? What is next? And to answer those questions, we need to start with this moment from the life of Jesus. Uh, There's this moment from the life of Jesus that, for me, has come back to me time and time and time again. And I just couldn't help but, but talk about it this morning. He's in the early parts of his leadership and his, his ministry, and so he's going around, and there's these wild things that are happening when people interact with Jesus. And they begin to like talk to him and, and, and interact with him, and suddenly they, begin, they get healed. Like there's amazing, miraculous things that are happening, and so people begin to flock to wherever Jesus is. There's this moment. He shows up at this house and begins to teach. And everybody's heard about Jesus. They've heard that he's in town, so they're going to where he is. And they show up at this house, and the house becomes just flooded with people. It is wall-to-wall, just packed full. Like, there's not another inch. You can't move. It's wild. You literally can't get in. And there's these couple guys that have this friend of theirs, and this friend of theirs is paralyzed, and he's been laying on a mat basically begging for a bunch of his life. But they know this guy, that they want to spend some time with this guy, so they want to get him healed. And they know that Jesus has been healing people, so they go and find him. They pick him up on the mat, and they carry him to where Jesus is. And if you've ever hauled a person around on a mat for a while, you know that's not easy. So they haul this guy to where Jesus is, and they get to him, and they realize that the entire building, the house that he's in and teaching at, there is just no way, and it is packed full. And they try, right? They try to get in, get this friend of theirs in front of Jesus but it's too full. Just, there's just no getting him in. But these guys, they're, they're not giving up. They're going to do whatever they can to get this friend of theirs in front of Jesus. So what do they do? They climb on top of the roof, of course, right? They get on top of the roof, and they begin to peel the tiles away from the top of the roof, peel away the, this top layer of shingles. And, and I, I just got to think of this for a second. Imagine suddenly there's dust falling from up there. Like you guys in the middle, it's like right on top of you. All of a sudden, you're like, what's, what's going on here? What is that all about? And you're like dusting off, looking up, and it gets further and bigger, and, and more dust is piling in. you're like, you're clearing out the center area of, of this room, and you're looking up at what is going on, and all of a sudden, there's light that's shining through. And as this light shines through, you see this shadow begin to emerge, and it lowers down. Can you imagine being in that room, and suddenly this guy is lowered on a mat right in the midst of everybody? There's this packed room, and now it's even more packed because they made space in the middle for this thing descending from the ceiling. Imagine being there. Imagine being the owner of the house and be like, oh, man, i got to patch the roof. Gosh. But it was worth it. It was worth it. Because listen to what happens next. It's in Luke 5, 20 through 23. It says, "'Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, "'Young man, your sins are forgiven.' "'But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law "'said to themselves, "'Who does he think he is? "'That's blasphemy. "'Only God can forgive sins.' "'Jesus knew what they were thinking, "'so he asked them, "'Why do you question this in your hearts? "'Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven "'or stand up and walk?' And as they're probably like thinking, like, what is it? Is it easier this or easier that? He just keeps on going. Jesus keeps on going. He says, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. There's a lot about this story that gets me every single time. It's the absurdity of it, right? Like the commitment of those men to show up at that door and realize it's too packed. What are we going to do? Go home? No, we're going to go on the roof. It's crazy. And not only that, but their faith. Like it's just, if we just get him in front of Jesus, that's that's all we got to do. It also gets me that Jesus starts with forgiving. They're there to heal the body. But Jesus knows something deeper needs to happen first. It gets me that the guy walks out holding the mat, like he just stands up and walks right on out of the two-packed house that couldn't make room for him. He just walks right on out, and people are amazed. And then it also gets me just imagining the jaws that are on the floor as they watch. Like what did we just see? What did we just witness? Who, who is this Jesus guy? Here's why I tell that story. Because that's the church. I think that's what the church ought to look like. And please don't think I mean the literal building we just put a new roof on, okay? So no going up there. But really, that, that's a picture of the church. People willing to do nearly anything to get in front of Jesus. Jesus. People willing to do nearly anything to get their friends to, to be in front of Jesus because they know that he has something, this life changing words or this life changing touch that, that can change their lives. So they're doing whatever they can to get them in front of Jesus. So as we talk about the state of the church, and that's our assessment, if that's what it should look like, how are we doing? How are we doing? Are people experiencing healing and life transformation by by walking through those doors or, or tuning in online? If we were to do a checkup, right? If we were to, if we were to go to the spiritual doctor and, and they were to, like, take our blood pressure or, or check our heart or, or listen to our breathing or whatever it is, what would they say about us? How are they checking up on us? And honestly, I could go on and on with, like, a million different examples of all the ways that this church is doing just incredible things through you guys, through us as a church. Uh, but I figured th- there's actually, like, a better way to do that. So I'm going to talk about for just three things, three things that I've realized over the last few weeks that are just incredible. I've just witnessed them recently, so I'm, I want to talk about them to start with. The first one happened last weekend. Last weekend, there were 50 students from this church and this community that decided to give up their weekend to go to Green Bay to go to a church uh, church thing, basically. like That's wild to me. They went to districts conference and they would spend a weekend growing their faith. And that's amazing. Like, that's fun and they're awesome. But what made it even more incredible is this. Typically on a Wednesday night, there's even more students than that, just showing up, giving up their Wednesday night to be here and to learn about faith and grow it. And Danny, the the youth pastor here, he uh, has a, a tagline, serious faith and serious fun. And I know they have a ton of fun, but man, are they serious about their faith. And I think it's incredible that we have students that are part of this church that are trying to do that well. Second thing, music. I mean... For starters, it's just incredible. Like, I can't believe that the quality of music is here in that level. It's just insane. I, I, I blows my mind. Like, I literally, like, my jaw dropped when I walked in this morning, just listened to them warm up. Like, it's amazing. But that's not why I share it. I share it because if you know these people, their hearts are so... Focused on sharing the love of God in any way they possibly can, and they just so happen to use it for through their musical talents. And this last summer, I don't know if you were there or not, but we did this concert out on the green where there were like 600 people that showed up just to listen to this music, like some local church band. Whoever would have thought that's amazing. That's incredible. And not only that, in Dickens of Christmas downtown, they were playing and people were like stopped and packs of people just to listen to this. And then they realized, oh, there's this, there's this amazing thing happening at Christmas Eve. You should go to it. What I love about them and what they're doing and how they're using their abilities and their faith in God and their talents is they're stoking this interest in a church, right? Like who, what kind of church is that kind of music? It must be a church that, that's fun, like enjoyable to be at, joyful. And then not only that, it is uh, meaningful. It changes lives. I think that's awesome. The last thing I want to talk about is this. The last way that I just want, to, want you to hear about what our church is doing and how our church is doing is this. I was having lunch last week with somebody. And uh, we were just chatting over lunch, talking about how things were going, and they were really new to the church. Uh, like a few months. It just started coming, them and their family. And he made this comment to me that for him and his family, they have gotten more connected here through this church and felt more welcomed and, and, and accepted and, and part of this church family in three months, four months, than they ever did in four years at the last place that they moved from. That made me so excited. I mean, that is an amazing picture of health. So if you're new here, what I want you to know is there is so much opportunity for you to be close to other people, to grow your relationship with God and grow your relationship with other people, to actually get plugged in and feel like this is your church. Not like it's a church you attend, but this is your church. That's awesome. I could go into so many more amazing things happening, we'd be here all day. Uh, but if you want to hear some specifics about just awesome things that are happening through this church and what God's doing here, come to the business meeting. It's, at the, it's immediately following the 1030 service. There's going to be some awesome specifics that are going to be shared at that. I would love for you to be there for that. But I have one more thing for you. One more thing is this, and you just need to know it. Your staff, the, Staff team here at RCC, you have the most amazing staff. I have spent uh, a lot of time with them recently, <laughs> over the years, but then especially over the last number of weeks and months. And they are incredible. Kathy Rowland, Natasha Padilla, Danny Clark, Sean Clausen—they they care so much about you guys, so much. They work so incredibly hard. Their hearts are set on RCC being the kind of church that is exactly what God wants it to be. You you have to know that. And not to mention, not just them, but this army of volunteers that make these things happen. They are incredible. So many good people. So here's the long and short of it RCC is healthy. It is a healthy church, financially healthy. We have no debt and have a safe six months worth of operating expenses in the bank. We're we're safe in that way. We have amazing worship. We have kids and youth programs that are just spectacular. We're discipling people. We're growing again. Having endured two years of uncertainty and plenty of very difficult peaks and some deep valleys, God has been remarkably good to us remarkably good to us. Which quite honestly makes it tempting. Tempting to coast. Tempting to just kind of like coast along for a while. Tempting to just try not to fail, to try to just maintain what we've got. Tempting to avoid risk. Tempting to diminish the call God has for a church and and settle for less. If you've ever learned to ride a bicycle, uh, you may have... uh, Learned this without even realizing it. There are a couple of things that you need to know and do when you learn to ride a bicycle. The first one is not stop pedaling. Because when you stop pedaling, what happens? Yeah, you can say, you fall over, right? Eventually. Maybe you go down a hill for a while and that's great, but then you go back up. The other thing you need to do is keep your eyes focused on a fixed point in the future. You need to be headed somewhere. If you're looking down at yourself and analyzing what you're doing, you're going to fall over you're not going to see the pothole coming. There's this tool that cyclists use uh, to practice that a little bit, practice their balance and then train. And it's kind of difficult because it accentuates all of those things, all of those truths about staying upright. And I have a little video to show you what that looks like. Take a look. It's just really, really hard to actually relax.
1: Turns out, I hadn't quite got it down perfectly. And then
2: just hop on and pedal. There you go. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I'm on! Right, relax.
0: Ugh. I like the
3: last line. Ugh. <laughs> so, uh, this is what this looks like. Um, and I show you the video because I want you to know that it's hard. Uh, but some of you have seen this before, so I'll spare you. But, but this is what is a roller and a bicycle uh, and how you do it. And Whoa. <laughs> Let's try this a little again. Let's go back a little ways and then smooth this out. There we go. You're all like hoping I fall, and you guys in the front are like, man, I hope he doesn't fall on me. Are you all nervous yet? Yes? All right, so this is what it is. And really, it's not too difficult if you get the use of the hang of it. But there's a couple of truths. If you stop pedaling, you're gonna fall. So you have to keep moving. You have to be going somewhere. And another thing is, Where you look matters, especially when you first start doing this. If you look down, you're gonna start doing this sort of thing, because you kind of freak yourself out. If you look way up, you don't know if you're in the middle or not, and that's kind of (laughs) freaky. So you gotta keep your focus just a little ways ahead on a fixed point. If you have that fixed point, it allows you to stay calm. It allows you to keep pedaling. It allows you to do crazy things like this and stand up, because you know what you're doing, and you know where you're headed, and that matters. Who wants to do it next? So now you're gonna to have to forgive me, because for the next five minutes, I'm gonna be half out of breath. If you wanna try afterwards, feel free to come on up. But there's a reason I talk about that. In order to keep going and moving in the direction God wants us to move, we can't coast. As a church, we cannot coast. And not only can we not coast, we have to know where to focus, where we're headed. As the old King James translation of the Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. We have to be going somewhere. And this thought it reminds me of some things uh, I used to about 15 years ago I got this these things little jerseys I used to run for Wabash College they fit a little tighter now so I'm not putting them on but it's an interesting school and I tell you that because it's interesting in a bunch of ways I'll get to those later but but one of the interesting things about the school is they don't have a rule book Like typically when you go to a school, you get a student handbook, like tons of pages, all kinds of rules and things you can do, things you can't do, how you should do certain things. The school does not have a rule book. It has a single rule, one rule, and this is what it is. A Wabash man shall conduct himself at all times, both on and off campus, as a gentleman and as a responsible citizen. That was the only rule guiding a school of 800 guys. I told you it was a weird place. The guy thing's a weird thing. That's another story for another time. But somehow, it worked. It worked. How did it work? Because that rule was moldable. That rule was flexible it had to be constantly applied to every situation that you're doing together right would a gentleman cheat on a test of course not you don't cheat on tests would a gentleman open the door for his date yeah you probably should call me old-fashioned but I think that's a good idea would a gentleman argue with his professor maybe It depends on how you do it. Because there's a gentlemanly way to argue with the professor, there's a gentlemanly way not to argue with the professor. Would a gentleman jump out a window after class to avoid a prank from upperclassmen? I did, and the professor helped me. (laughs) And that's another story for another time. But here's the thing there are no perfect rules. We have to figure it out together with hearty discussion, by by working through it together as a community. That's why the gentleman's rule worked. It worked because whether they knew it or not, it actually echoes a biblical concept, a concept that's all over the Bible. Take a look matthew 22 it says jesus himself says you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment a second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself how do you love your neighbor another one from jesus your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples what does it look like to actually love one another Ephesians 5.1, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. What does following the example of Christ actually look like today? And then finally, in whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the fire. What does it look like to represent Jesus today? The last verse, that last one, it's really special to me because it has come up over and over and over and over and over again for me over the past number of months. It's the one that I've just been looking to in so many ways. What does it look like to love your neighbor? What does it look like to represent Jesus? It depends. It depends. There are very few hard and fast rules. The rest have to be situationally applied. For example, should you shovel your neighbor's driveway when it snows? Seems like a really great way to love your neighbor, right? Unless they're the type of person that loves to shovel their driveway and you shoveling it for them would be an offense. How many people know that person? Okay, three of you like, I know that person, I am that person. I don't want you to my driveway, that's my exercise. Uh, Another one, once once in a while, uh, usually led by my wife Meg, uh, there'll be a time where like, hey, this couple, this family had a hard week. And you think, oh, we should like drop off some pizza for them, right? And she's amazing at this. And I say, yeah, yeah, let's go get them pizzas. And then she'll say, oh, wait, I I know this about them. They're allergic to cheese. (laughs) And so this thing that would be a gift and you say hey we're gonna drop off dinner for for you this week don't worry about it and you show up with pizza and and what was supposed to be a blessing ended up being oh no what do we make for dinner now if you've experienced that before and it shouldn't discourage us it should just allow us to be more creative there are very few hard and fast rules it takes figuring this stuff out together applying it together following jesus was never meant to be a rule following keep it all together never make any mistakes kind of faith that's not what following jesus looks like it has always been the kind of faith that drives you to get your hands dirty messy In the nitty-gritty of life with others to know and care for people in real tangible ways and to figure out how to love people like Jesus loves us and teaches us to love other people to grow into a person and a people who more and more in their lives represent Jesus well and that's it right there represent Jesus well that's our focus that's what I believe God wants our focus to be in the year 2022 2022 at RCC will be a year focused in every capacity that we can imagine of representing Jesus well In it's long form it looks like this that we would represent Jesus well on every city street and in every social circle in Ripon and the surrounding communities that's the long version. The short version is this RJ Dub. RJ Dub, because W sounds awkward. And I, why do I know this? Because my, my family, we've been practicing this. You know, for the last number of months, uh, we talk about it. It's, it's awesome. Like As a family, you get to ask the question Hey, buddy, uh, did you represent Jesus well today? RJ Dub, whenever we drop them off at school at the end of the day, Meg and I, uh, at the beginning of the day, we, we send them off. We say, Hey, love you, buddy. Have a great day. RJ Dub. And they'll say it back to us RJ dub here's why this works whether we like it or not you already do you already do if you've ever said to somebody that I go to church or hey I've heard this verse once or I posted something online about faith in some capacity at all guess what you now represent Jesus to that person whether you like it or not it's there it's it's happening So why not do it well? And secondly, you can only fake it for so long. It works because you can only fake it for so long. Some of us know people that are really good seemingly fakers at these things, but that's never been our style here at church, right? This is a place that is as real and honest and raw as it possibly can be. So as you do that, as you think about that, This is a place where if we're going to represent Jesus, well, we're only doing so because we desperately need that kind of faith for ourselves. We need that relationship with Jesus for ourselves. But that's what I love about this, right? We're not going to do it perfectly. We're going to need to figure it out, what it looks like in each and every one of our lives. And as a church together, we're going to have to figure this out. It's something you can do personally. It's something you can do with your family and friends and your kids. And we can do it as a church together. But this is the question then to finish with is this. How? How do we do that? Have three ways. The first is this. If we're going to represent Jesus well, we need to know Jesus well, better than we've ever known him before. And that's where this comes in. Starting January 31st, as a church, I'm inviting you to go through this book with me together. It's called Quest 52. It's a 15-minute-a-day, year-long pursuit of Jesus. I want us to know Jesus better than we've ever known him before. It's only five days a week, so not seven days a week. And honestly, if you did just the first week, uh, first day of 15 minutes and you did that all year long, you would know Jesus better than you've ever known him before. So 15 minutes a week is like the minimum. 15 minutes, five days a week is the maximum. That's doable. And so I have these here, and actually here, this is for you and uh let's see here looking 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 way back here <laughs> i missed but it's actually in front of you because it's a student version i'm sorry you caught it <laughs> it's for live up oh, back there awesome sorry i should have told you you're supposed to catch it good catch tom way to go But this is what it is. In front of you, you have a QR code. If you want to get it right now, you can scan it. It says the Represent Jesus, or excuse me, uh, it's uh, Quest 52. There's a link to get it on Amazon. Um, Go ahead and grab one of those for yourselves. Also, I'm going to send an email out on Tuesday. This is going to be our community group curriculum for the year. So if you're in a community group, you'll take a, a couple different chapters out of this, and this will be the questions that you'll ask. It'll be all about knowing Jesus better and living like it. It's going to be awesome. Our staff is going to be going through it starting January 31st. First as well in order to represent jesus well we need to know jesus better than we've ever known him before that's the first way we're going to do it as a church the second way is this in order to represent jesus well we have to lead like jesus leads uh, it can't just be personal they can't just be on sunday mornings it has to impact every area of influence that we've got with our families, with our friends, at sports practice, at social get-togethers. How do you lead like that? How does that happen? This is why I'm so excited that, that Pastor Mike is going to be sticking around for the next couple of months to lead our Leadership Academy 2.0 on Tuesday nights starting the first week of February. And you've got to know this. Uh, I've gone through the Leadership Academy three times with Mike. Over the last five years, three times I went through it and taught with them about it. And I I cannot tell you why, I cannot tell you just how important and valuable it is. And here's why two things. The first thing is this I've never left that spot or a night on Leadership Academy without walking away feeling like, whoa, that's gonna be incredibly helpful. And I know that he's taken what we had and made it infinitely better and more jam-packed with incredible stuff. And the second thing is this. You've probably attended or watched or observed some kind of leadership talk in your life. There's countless ones of those. This is why this is different. It's not a one-day thing where you show up and watch some amazing speaker make you feel really good like you're going to do awesome just by following their three steps. This is a seven straight weeks of actually growing and actually doing the kinds of things week in and week out that develop you as a leader help you follow Jesus and lead like Jesus better sometimes we go to this thing to get a really big high and then it falls off this is seven weeks of doing it week in and week out so it actually becomes part of your life and it's the kind of thing that I have watched over the last five years impact families and relationships And actual businesses here in Ripon that are better now because of that program. And if we're going to continue to represent Jesus well in this community, we need to lead in that way in this community. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do the QR code as well. I'm going to send out an email next week. And if you want to be old-fashioned about it, I love it. In the back, there are little red cards that you can write your name and information and put Leadership Academy down on it, and you can sign up that way. It's like $17 a time, which is cheaper than babysitting. And actually, we're offering babysitting, so how about that for something? You actually can get a cheaper babysitting date by coming and being part of this than you would have otherwise. I really recommend doing that. I know babysitting is not cheap. We're at year nine of dealing with it. (laughs) So those are two ways that we can represent Jesus well as a church. And the third is this. this It's the final one. To represent Jesus well, we need to address the places people most need Jesus. Surveyed 80 of you, literally 80 of you over the past few months. Ask this question When you sit down with your friends and you talk about life stuff and they start saying, Hey, I'm struggling, what do they say to you? What are they struggling with? And three things above everything else stood out as the things that everybody is struggling with and dealing with. It is difficult. Number one is relationships. Number two is mental health. And number three is time management. They're just struggling to get it all done. This is life. So to address those things and focus on representing Jesus well, we're bringing back Epic. If you don't know what EPIC is, EPIC is a one-night event focused on a given topic looking at how Jesus would address those topics. And the first one, you can mark your calendars. It's February 10th, 7 to 8.30, right here. And it's going to be all about relationships. It's going to be some very real, honest talk about relationships. And that's actually going to follow this special two-week series starting next week called Relationships Under Pressure. We have under pressure. Under pressure. There you go, under pressure. That was totally anticlimactic. anticlimactic. <laughs> under pressure, right? Like relationships under pressure. Have you experienced relationships under pressure this last couple years? Raise your hand. Most of you are telling the truth. Great. <laughs> we'll have those epic, we'll have that epic on February 10th, and then we're gonna have two more throughout the year that focus on those other two areas. Okay. Thanks for sticking with me. We're landing the plane right now. All of this is great. The programs and books and leadership classes, they're all amazing things. But they don't matter at all if we don't actually focus on this act of representing Jesus well on a daily basis in our real, everyday lives. Because remember that story we started with? guys that carried their friend took him to Jesus who wouldn't stop until their friend was in front of Jesus. They even went on top of the roof and tore the shingles off and lowered him down. Remember them? Remember those guys? Guess what? That man never gets healed if it's not for those guys. Do You know who his friends are? guy who gets healed, you know who his friends are? Us. We are his friends. It's you and me. It's us. You know who that man is? The man is every person you know who has not yet met Jesus in a meaningful way and needs to. That's who that man is. You know what's more? They don't meet Jesus when they come and attend a service. I mean, services are great. Amazing music, worship, learning about God, growing closer to God. Services are amazing, and maybe some people meet Jesus in those moments. But, no, they, they meet Jesus when they talk and interact with you. That's when they meet Jesus. And whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You represent Jesus to that person, to the whole social circle that you've got, whether you like it or not, so why not do it well? And I'm not talking about faking it. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about doing your best to know and lead like and represent Jesus well every day of the week in every area of your life, and I wanna help you remember that. So on your way out, I actually got a couple of things for you. You can get a little baggy. And in the bag is uh, one of these wrist bracelet things. And on it, it says RJW with Colossians 317, which is the verse we've been talking about, written on it, and it's not flashy. You can read it, but you can't read it from far away because it's not meant to be. This is just meant to be for you actually remember it and i've actually worn this this last week and it has reminded me often and it's been beautiful there will also be a card with rjw and the verse written on the back and then there's a mint because fresh belt helps a little bit too (laughs) but i want you to take that if you are a person who says i want to do this well i want to follow this as a as a thing i'm going to do can you imagine our schools can you imagine our workplaces Can you imagine our families if we choose to do this well this year? The subtle shifts that are going to change everything. If you want that for yourself, I'm going to pray, and that's how we'll close. Would you pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we are a church together who want to follow you and represent you so well. God, we ask that you give us the courage that you'd help us to let it go when we fall short and to just take that next step each and every time, following you more and more with our lives. Help us to be the type of people that others see you through. And help this church be the kind of church that people are drawn to because of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.